Game Nexus Podcast, episode number... Nine! Nine? <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's just let's just get into it. Okay, okay. So, uh, yeah, you probably thought that we were dead. We're not dead. We're yeah, still we, living. We haven't podcasted since, what was it, last June? I think so. So this is, you know, the, this is the first podcast of 2009. I mean, isn't that amazing? Well, if we're going by standards, in 2007 we had... How many podcasts? Five. Five. 2008, we had three. So and for now 2009, we need one and a half. We need one and a half podcasts. So what we'll do for the half a podcast is we'll put up one ver- one person's audio track, and then the other person's audio track will be left out. So that was, you yeah, hear. that was my idea. You stole yeah. my idea. You ripped me off. You you said yeah. we were just going to like stop at some point. <laughs> You're like, I know. We'll, well, just, I we'll do, just stop the we podcast. We could just stop. Yeah, I want to stop it and act like we have a Godzilla attack. <laughs> Godzilla attack. How do you simulate a Godzilla attack? Explain that to me. Well, I know some really fat chicks. We could just get them to stomp around, and that's close enough. There you go. That 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 that'll work. That does it for me. It really does. I'm not kidding. <laughs> it Just really works. Green. But okay, what are we gonna do this podcast except for bullshit around about uh, Godzilla attacks and um, fat girls that Inufe has been with? Well, not been with, but <laughs> I, I want to see if you actually knows. deny that. <laughs> he knows. Okay. So I, I think we should talk about some uh, games we've been playing since June. Okay, you can go first. Alright, I just finished up the other day uh, Shin Megami Tensei Persona 4. Did uh, you ever finish up uh, Persona 3? Um, in the original Persona 3, I got about 30, 35 hours into it. And then when I heard Fest was coming out, I stopped playing it and waiting for Fest. Which people don't know, Fest is the appendix that came out later um, and had a bunch of extra things that were included. It had extra characters that you could interact with and get social links with. It had um, extra items and it had the biggest feature was a another 20 hour chapter called The Answer, which uh, is the ending, the real ending to the game, what they meant to put in, but they never could because they didn't have the time. Um, Basically, so it's I, like uh, Persona 3 Director's Cut. Basically, yeah. It ad- it it adds, from what I've from everyone has told me, it adds about another 25 hours of gameplay to a 70-hour game. So you're looking at about 95 hours to completely finish Persona 3. Does your Fest. Persona 3 save work in Fez? Uh, no, it doesn't. That's the annoying thing. But it does. It does carry over. Um, it carries over all the money you had, some of the items you had. It gives you a couple extra items. Um, it carries over all the stats you had for your character, like his courage, his intelligence, and his bravery. That's the only, th- that's the only three in Persona 3. Um, in pers- uh, then it carries that over, but you have to start uh, a new game. 
So I did that, and I got about 15 hours in, and then I kind of lo- uh, some other games came out, and I kind of lost interest a little bit, just because I didn't feel like playing, you know, 15 more hours of the same thing I've already done before. So what's so good about Persona 4? Okay, Persona 4 takes every takes everything in Persona 3 that I liked and cared about, and just makes it better. How so? Like, what it, the battle system in Persona 3, you only had control over your main character. The other three party members were AI controlled, mm-hmm. and now and now in Persona 4, you can directly control all your party members. Oh, that's in cool. the game. Game is so much better for it. Um, the battle system is much more tight. Um, it feels like this time around, it's more focused. It seems um, no longer is it the enemies in the other one. Where you exploit an enemy attack one time, the enemy's weakness one time, you would knock them down and they would lose their turn. And the same thing could happen to you. But now in Persona 4, you you can knock them down with their weakness, but you have to hit them twice with their weakness to knock them down and make them dizzy to lose their turn. Um, which is a lot more helpful now um, because you don't get bullshitted and killed so easily like you can in 3. Although you can really die really easily considering the there are two automatic death skills um, for light and dark will automatically kill you if you don't have a persona that's strong or weak to uh, strong to it um, by chance um, it's so so much bullshit after you defeat a boss and then you save and you go back into the dungeon again and then the first enemy you fight which is really weak but he just gets lucky and casts an instant death skill on you and you die but I hate instant that, death kills but it didn't happen to me so much in 4. In fact, 4 I found to be the easiest Shin Megami Tensei game. Because those games are um, renowned for their difficulty and how hard they are. Um, but how I many hours in, in 4? In 4, it, I finished it up. I did. I got the true ending. Um, and it took me about 70 hours, give or take a couple. Mm-hmm. Um, and I felt like it was worth it. I mean... There were times where I would sit down and play a game at six o'clock at six o'clock at night and not even look over and look over the clock and holy shit it's three thirty in the morning. I've been playing this game for way too long. That um, seems to happen a lot these days. Yeah, I mean when you're playing a really good game, that's that's a sign of a good game is when you think you've been playing for twenty minutes and you've actually been playing for three hours. And it's also one of those things where no matter what else you're doing, you just want to play that game. Yeah. Yeah, it's like I'm at work and all I can think about is going home and, and playing uh, Persona. And it was like that for but the three weeks it took me to finish it. Um, uh, so, But yeah, there are three possible endings you can get in the game. Um, is it like black and white as to having like no, good endings, good ending plus, or stuff like that? No, it's not black and white. It's very vague. In fact, you probably need a guide. I used a guide to get the true ending. Um, because it's really easy to screw up and get the bad ending. You can get the bad ending, and then you can get the normal ending, and then you can get the true ending. And then if you get the bad ending, it cuts the game about 15 hours short. Um, if you get the normal ending, it cuts the game about 10 hours... No, I'd say a little bit. That's game about 7 hours short. Um, getting the bad but, ending, is it just a mistake that you make along the game, like, at one point, or is it actually, like... It's a it's boss one battle point. you die at at some place. No, it's not a boss battle you die at. It's one point where you're in the main story of the game, and the game's giving you choices about 
um, events in the game that you can make. And if you make the wrong choices, your actions reflect the choices that you made, and you are pretty much screwed and have to restart. Well, not restart, but you better hope you had a second save file. How many, uh, how many hours before the end is this actual choice that you make that actually gives you the bad ending? I'd say it's about 55 hours in. Okay, so you're pretty deep into the game before you make this choice. It's yeah, not, it's yeah, not like, it's, it's it's a pretty big choice. Like, it's not like two hours into the game, you make no, a decision, it's, it's and then 55 hours yeah. later, you find out you get the bad ending. <laughs> yeah, no, it's not one of those things. I mean, you can pretty much tell from your actions. Well, in foresight, it's really easy to see where where, you, where the ending is coming to play, but when you're actually doing it. Um, you have to kind of think clearly and not let... Because it does have a very good story. And not let what you're thinking about the story cloud your judgment. You have to think clearly because it is a... Uh, the whole game is a murder mystery, um, basically. Um, for the people that don't know, I should have said this earlier, but the premise is that you come to a new town to live with your uncle and your cousin while your parents are away for a year. And when you get there, there have been... A, strange series of murder events that have happened and you find out that you can go inside the TV go inside a TV and go to this other world and you find out things from there and that side and the game is it's real the story is really good it's one of the best probably the best story that I've had in a game this year if not the past couple of years of course, one of the biggest things holding it back is that in this current generation, it's a PlayStation 2 game, which really does hurt the game a lot. Yeah, for sales. I think it does. Um, but I think for how long it lasts, and you buy the game and you do get the soundtrack with it, which I know, and it's not a full price game, it's only $40. It's just like the uh, late generation PlayStation 1 games. Mind yeah, you, most like, of the, most of the late generation PlayStation One games after PlayStation Two came out were pretty much garbage. But um, if like um, a game like this came out in that time, you know nobody would have got it because everyone's like, "Oh, I need a PS Two game." Yeah, it's like um, Persona Two was that way. Persona Two Eternal Punishment came out here in two thousand one, and that's why that game is so hard to find if you can find a copy. I was lucky enough that. When Persona 4 came out, Atlas was like, we're doing a really small reprint of Persona 2 for PS1. Um, it was $40 for a PlayStation 1 game, but I bought it because $40 sealed is actually a deal, considering if you look on eBay for that game, sealed it was about 80 bucks. What is it not sealed? Um, probably about... F for not sealed mint copy, it was about 60 bucks. Or so, last time I checked prices... I what about just, like, a, a, a decent copy? Like, a, a playable copy? A decent playable copy, like, disc only, probably run you about 35 Ew, 30, that's 35 nasty. bucks. Yeah. See, I mean, so you think 40 bucks for PlayStation 1 game is insane, but it's not a bad deal. I mean, I paid... I actually paid $60 for a, a mint... Co a sealed copy of Nocturne, because um, they did a reprint earlier this year and I got a copy from PlayAsia um, which it seems Atlas now is reprinting a lot more stuff than they used to um, because the, the, I remember when Disgaea uh, used to be pretty rare and they did like four or five reprints 
now that game is pretty easy to find and it's like you know 10 bucks and plus you know they ported it to PSP and they ported it to DS and now they're porting Disgaea 2 to PSP how is the PSP version of that? Um, from what I've played, it seems fine, but, um, a game like that, honestly, you sink so much time into those games, um, just the way they're structured and the nature of it, that it would be hard for me to play it on the PSP for that long, because I don't have, I don't have periods where, like, mobile gaming would, just suits me, so when I'm playing on PSP, I'm normally sitting on my own couch, and if I'm sitting on my own couch, I'd rather be playing the game on my big TV. Yeah, if I if I was gonna play a game like that for so long, I'd actually want uh, one of the PSPs with the video out on it. Yeah, um, the PSP version it probably is superior to the DS version just because it does have better graphics. It does have, it does have much better sound. Um, what about the PlayStation oh, Two version? How does it stack the place, up against that? The PlayStation Two version would be the second best version to get because the PSP version does have some extra stuff included. It has a an extra mode. Um, called the Etna mode, where one of the main characters named Etna actually accidentally kills the main character in the beginning of the game, and you go through the whole game as the secondary main character. How do they uh, stack up from a technical standpoint, the PS2 and um, PSP? They're basically the same, because if you look at the PS, if you look at the PS2 game, it really looks like a PlayStation 1 game. I mean, it's really simple sprites. Not elaborate backgrounds, jaggies. I mean, they look the same, really. Um, so, what else have you been playing? So, other than that, um, finishing up Persona 4, I started on Prince of Persia for the Xbox 360. And how is that? That game, I was um, pretty down on when I was first looking at reviews and stuff, but, I mean, it dropped 20 bucks in price. And, since it came out in two weeks or something, so I guess it's not selling at all. So I picked up a copy of GameStop, and I'm actually really enjoying it. I'm trying to take it in, in slow bits and pieces because it does seem like if you tried to marathon that game and play seven, eight hours at a time, it would become incredibly frustrating and boring. So you but want to play it in nice chewable chunks, not yeah, chokable yeah, globs. Yeah. I'm playing about an hour, hour and a half chunks at a time going through and healing some of the land and it, it's actually really good like one of the parts I was down on was the whole fact that Elika could save you uh, when she like and it didn't seem like you could ever die but she just really serves as a replacement for when you're about to die you mean you see a little cutscene where she you see her hand grabbing yours and she pulls you back up that's really just a replacement for hitting restart after seeing game over screen uh-huh. so it, it just saves you time honestly and so it's not like you just can't die at all. If you keep dying, you're eventually gonna have a game over. No, you don't. You can't really die. You won't really get a game over. Um, they don't have lives or anything. Because I still think Mario is the only game left that inherits that lives idea. So if you can't actually die, then what's the point of playing? Um, if you can't really, you don't really die per se, but. I mean, I guess you're there, really. The platforming is very good. Um, but it takes a while to get used to, because sometimes the game wants to... If you want to play the... If you want to try to, like, platform too much, you get screwed over. Sometimes you just have to be as simple as you can with the platforming and let it do it itself, because it seems like they 
kind of made it a little bit for babies, a tiny bit, because it is pretty easy. Um, But one thing that is a remarkable improvement over the previous Sands of Time trilogy, which this game has no correlation at all to the Sands of Time trilogy that was on place uh, that was on previous generation of consoles. You mean no direct story connection? No, no direct story connection at all. It's completely different. Um, is the combat is much better. I couldn't stand the combat in those three other games. I, j- I just felt like... I thought it was okay in Sands of Time. It was like, alright, maybe they could have done a couple things. Maybe it's better. Maybe it didn't feel like enemies kept coming out all the time. Um, and then a Warrior Within and Two Thrones. I really didn't like it at all. So... After that, I was like, okay, can they really make combat good in this series again? Because it's never really been good from what I've played. Um, so yes, they actually the combat is much better now. Um, instead of having multiple enemies with four or five on screen at one time, it's reduced down to there's one enemy. It's one-on-one, you and another enemy at one time. And you have a, basically, you have a, you have a attack with a sword, use Alaka's magic button, you have a grapple button basically it throws the enemy up into the air and you have an acrobatic move button which you can chain all four of them together for many 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 hits um i mean there's an achievement there for like doing 15 hit combo or something which i probably you know have to go look on game facts to figure out what it is because i'm too lazy to do it hmm. i don't know i never i never really go out of the way to get an achievement unless it's something i can actually do without like uh going all nuts and everything on it yeah, I know, I know what you mean. Like, achievements are nice when they're there, but I don't really feel like going out of my way to get an achievement if it's especially hard. I mean, if it, there's something there, it's like looking at it, and it's like, yeah, I could do this. It would take me like five or ten minutes. I'd go get it. I'd go grab it. I know, I still haven't Rajin'd in uh, Dead or Alive 4. <laughs> yeah, I still need to, to do that if I wanted to. Um, but other than Prince of Persia, so far it seems it seems pretty good. I wouldn't say it's a great game, but I'd say it's a good game. I'd say it's um, reviews are pretty accurate where they were putting it in like the eight out of ten range. And it's, I think it's that's not like the uh, the sterling uh, reimagining that all the E three trailers made everyone believe it was going to be the, yeah, the most amazing game in the world. Well, they could have done some things to make it to make it much better, but I think Ubisoft went for a more casual focused experience with less consequences for dying and bad actions. Instead of seeing a harsh game over screen, which to people that don't play video games, a game over screen is very off-putting to them. They don't like it at all. Then they shouldn't play video games if yeah, they can't stand I, to hear game over. I know, um, but that's just what some of the older people feel. So I think maybe Ubisoft did some uh, what I hate focus testing. I don't know why, but I always casuals. say I always say Ubisoft, not not Ubisoft. Some people call, uh, say Ubisoft. There's no Y in the name. Yeah. Whatever, it's the French. I just ha- I just have to say that just a thing that that I always notice. It's one of those things like the tomato and the tomato thing. They're gonna go under, so whatever. Damn tomato people. I mean, Ubisoft had three games bomb. What are the this games bombed? Far Cry Two bombed and End War bombed pretty badly. Did End War actually work? 
I don't know. I really want to get my hands on a copy and try it sometime. Yeah, if um, I could pick it up for like thirty bucks, I'd get it, but not like uh, seventy dollars. I think it's like thirty-four ninety-nine it used at GameStop right now. Because um, I really want to try it because the the dev team that made that was they also made one of my favorite PC RTSs, which is World in Conflict, which hmm. is a really fun game. They also made that game and. Um, I really wanted to give it a try because it looked interesting. I never played the demo. I know there's a demo on Xbox Live I could go try, but I know half the time when you play a demo on Xbox Live, sometimes with the feature like that, it seems like it could be very buggy because demos normally tend to be way earlier builds than when they actually come out. Yeah, a lot of pre-release shit. Yeah. I've also been playing... Um, I think you've been playing this too. I played some... Tatsukono versus Capcom. I always said Tatsunoko. Oh, or Tatsunoko, or something like that. But whatever. That that new versus Capcom game that probably won't come out in the USA because um, they can't get the license, licensing for all those crazy characters that nobody here is actually going to know about. Yeah, like Gatchaman, Ken the Eagle, Jen the Swan. What's that big freaking gold robot? I have no idea who he is, but when my friends and I were playing, we called him Zippo Man. When I first played the game, I thought he was the boss. I did too. I thought he was. I was like, man, this is so easy for a final boss. And then, no, it's that that ball at the end is from Okami. Really? Yeah, it's the final boss of Okami. But it's that final boss is such a bitch to beat that final form because it's just like, if you get him down to a fourth of his health, he just starts going crazy all out with supers and like, just hitting you with like this wind that windmill thing he's got. Yeah, and I only I only played so against the final boss those. once and I died in the final form. I was pretty close too. Who did you play as yeah. when you beat it? Um when I played as it I used um Ken the Eagle and Ryu. Who's Ken the Eagle? He's the Tets Tetsunoko guy that has the cape his blue cape and he's got um He's got a helmet on. He's the first one to the left of the question mark. Oh, top cool. Left. When I played, I it, used uh, him because um, I used him because he's got this. He's got this move where you can teleport around. Uh huh. So when you can teleport around, he's, if he's if he's gonna grab you, so you can get out of the way. Cool. You used a GameCube controller, right? Uh, I used a classic controller because it seems to be the consensus for the best control so far. Close enough. Yeah, it GameCube controller, class controller. Same I used a GameCube controller when I played it. I played as Batsu and uh, Chun Li. Yeah, my um, I let my uh, I was playing a bunch with my girlfriend, and I was letting her use the Wiimote nunchuck control. Uh huh. And the Wiimote nunchuck control is like, let's make anyone be able to play Tatsunoko versus Capcom because to do a super, all you do is hit A and B. Oh, that's crazy. And so it was like my friend was picking on that giant gold metal guy, which we're going to refer to as Zippo Man from now on. Huh. Um, he was picking him, and he was using the nunchuck, the remote nunchuck control, and it was just like he was just spamming on his special attacks and his super moves, which would like kill any normal character. And finally, I beat him with uh, the uh, classic controller, but it was, it was just like. They really made that really easy for most uh, casual players to play, but that is not a game that casuals are going to buy, so I don't know what they were thinking. Because <laughs> thing... it's like 
the only thing I, I really felt lacking in that game was I didn't think it really had enough characters. It just feels like there really aren't enough. Yeah, there's like there are four, five unlockables. Uh, I've gotten two or three of them, and I um, I need to get the rest. But there really isn't because some of the Tatsunoko people play similar, except for that one girl that's got I don't even know her name. The one girl that's got the uh, two henchmen that attack for, and she doesn't really do any direct attacking. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know who you're talking about. Um, but a, a lot of the Tatsunoko people play similar. There's the one guy that reminds me of a Power Ranger with a dog. Oh, yeah, that guy. Um, but then Jun kind of plays like a mix between Ken the Eagle and the guy with the yo-yo. <laughs> the guy with the yo-yo. Um... That's it. And then Mega Man is insanely annoying in that game. Mega Man fight, is always insanely annoying. Him. Yeah. I've never liked a Mega Man game. Truth truth be told, hang me, I have never liked a Mega Man game I've ever played. I liked Mega Man 1 through 3. Yeah. Did you play Mega Man 9? I played a little bit of it on the Wii, but eh, it just really feels like it's trying its best to be too hard for anybody who's not super hardcore to actually play. Yeah, it felt that way, like, when I played a little bit of it. I just looked at it and I was like, what's the point of this? It's so hard, I could spend, I could spend like, 20 hours practicing all this shit to actually play this game, or I could just, um, play something that's better and doesn't require me to spend half of my life actually practicing at the game to actually play the game. Yeah, I have no idea what, but I heard that when I I read a, um, I read an article they did with the one-up interviewed, uh, who's the creator of Mega Man, what's his name? Just call Inifune? him Mega Man. Inifune. Yeah, <laughs> KG Interfune. The You know, he, cre- he created a bunch of Capcom shit. Um, they said the dev team that made that game was only 11 people. Oh, that's 11 crazy. 11 people made that game in six months. So, and they compared it to the team that's working on Resident Evil 5, which has been working on Resident Evil 5 for three years, and it's over 120 people. Oh, wow. So, I mean, it just goes to show how how big games have gotten, and how much more. Well, what but, else have um, you been playing? I have recently started up um, Okami on the Wii, um, after I bought the PlayStation 2 version on launch. My nephew took it about a week and a half later. Huh. I haven't seen it since. So I got the Wii version. Has he actually played it? I think he has. I think his his little brother plays it a lot. Um, um, the Wii version, I feel, is the superior version of the two. Why is that? Um, for one, it has progressive scan. Um, two, it has proper 16 by 9 support, and it just feels so much easier trying to draw things with a paintbrush with a Wii pointer than trying to draw it with an analog stick. Yeah, I'd imagine that would work all that well. Yeah, like, it it works in the PSG version, but I don't know. And, like, the Wii, it seems like, from what I've played of the Wii version, it's got a little bit different color palette than the PS2 did. The PS2 did little more subdued colors than the, the Wii does, from what I've read. But then there's some paper effect that people are complaining about on the Wii that isn't that isn't 
all the way there because the paper isn't dark enough and vibrant enough. And I'm like, oh no, it's a paper effect that doesn't even affect gameplay. It's there in these little cutscenes. People will find something to whine about. You know that. Yeah, I know. It's just like, this is the best version. It's so much easier to play. The load times are less. It looks better. It looks properly. It looks proper on my TV. It doesn't look like this squished mess. Speaking of best best version, have have you tried uh, Star Wars: The Force Unleashed on the Wii? I haven't yet. I I've got a copy, but I just need to uh, I need to just pop it in and try it sometime because I played through all of the Force Unleashed on 360, and I, um I was kind of so so on it. Like I felt like it had some good ideas, but the controls were just so awful and horrible. It just held that game back. Yeah, in my opinion, playing the Force Unleashed, you really never felt like a badass on the 360. It was like, you were a Jedi, but all you felt like you were doing was pressing buttons. You never felt like a Jedi. But with the Wii version, basically, your Wiimote is your lightsaber, so you swing that, and that's your lightsaber, of course. That goes without saying. Your nunchuck, the control the control uh, analog stick is actually how you control your character, the C button, I believe it was the, yeah, the C button does force lightning. The Z button picks stuff up. And then if you thrust the uh, nunchuck forward real quick, that does a force push. If you hold the Z and the B button and then push the, pull them both down really quick, you'll do a repulse, which repulses everything around. It just really works really well, and it, you feel like you are a Jedi for a change. Yeah, it... it the, yeah, I don't know. It didn't feel like that, and like there were some really frustrating parts in the 360 version when I played it. But um, how does it how does it look compared to the 360 version? Of course, it's it's gonna look like uh, Force Unleashed on the Xbox One, but that's besides the point. It's one yeah. of those big uh, factors where it's uh, graphics don't make the game. The controls and the gameplay actually make the game. When you're actually when you're actually slicing stuff and, and cutting it and then doing your force powers with the motions. And, of course, in certain scenes where, uh, like, you have to... You're, like, a walker or something is crushing you, they'll have you have to tilt the Wiimote a certain way and then push it forward, tilt the Wiimote a certain way, push it forward, and that just feels a lot better than... Uh, I'm guessing it was probably a series of buttons on the 360 version yeah, for those parts. it was a QT. It was like, press A, press X, press Y. Whereas on the... Uh, for beating a boss on the on the Wii version, you just had to, like, move the Wiimote forward or move the nunchuck forward or left or right, and it would just have that icon pop up real quick, and you have to do that real quick, and it just feels a lot better than just pushing a button, like, in God of War. Yeah, um, I don't know, like, I really wanted to try it out, but I was kind of burned by the, the 360 version, because I was looking forward to that game, but... Yeah, um, I definitely recommend you try it out, because it's definitely worth your time. I did... Play Wii Music. <laughs> Wii mu- Music. That's a joke. And it's not a game. It's not. I don't know what it is. It's like a shitty MIDI synthesizer that you can have a seizure with. Because I can't figure out who that game is for, what it's for, what the purpose is. There's there's no game to it. It's just like okay, here's some really shitty MIDI instruments that you can kind of sort of play, but not really. You can only play the, like, top fourth octave. 
of that instrument. Yeah, basically, isn't it no matter what kind of motions you do, you play the instrument? Yeah, like, all we did was, like, my friends and I were playing it. And we just act like we had seizures the entire time, freaking out with the controller, just to go as fast as we could. You should because you should find a way to make a video of that. That'd be funny. Because other than that, it's like the game is just—it's so bad. It's I can't find. I don't even want to call it a game. I don't even know what it is. It's basically as it's they, Nintendo breaking my heart. That's what it is. As some like, people said, it's not going to work for Guitar Hero fans because. You're used to actually having to do something correctly to play the game, and it's not going to work for people who want to pl- really play an instrument because most people who want to play an instrument kind of know how to do it, so uh, randomly pressing buttons doesn't really cut it. So it's really not for anybody. I just can't figure out who it's for. I, I can't. I mean, it's like, I think about it and I'm like, Nintendo waste resources on this. Was there any other games that you've played recently? Well, um, I have played probably about four or five hours of Fallout 3. And what did you think of it? I like it better than I do Oblivion. I will give it that. I do like it better than I do Oblivion. Did you get out of the vault yet? Yes, I've gotten out of the vault. Okay, because if you didn't get out of the vault, then it's kind of not really playing Fallout 3. Yeah, I've done so many... I've done almost all the side quests for Megaton, and I'm getting ready to blow up Megaton. Oh, I went the other way. I didn't blow oh. up Megaton. Defusing the bomb was easy, since my science skill was pretty high. Oh, see, like, I got the, um, when I did, I can't remember what class I went with, but it's it specializes in heavy weapons, and, you know, locally there's no heavy weapons in the beginning of the game, so. I just recently found a minigun around, so. uh what is it called, Rivet City, there was there was yeah. a uh, super mutant with the minigun. All I had to do was, uh, did you did you find the Ripper? No. The Ripper, the Ripper is so fun, it's basically like a single-handed chainsaw. Your character just holds it out and it's like, and just like cuts through their flesh, like the, the uh, mutant with the minigun, I just walked up to him with the, with the Ripper, held it out, and he's like, I'm hurt. <laughs> It's just so fun. If I was an evil character, I'd probably just go around that with townspeople all day and just keep cutting them up. Yeah, from yeah, from what I played, it did seem like uh, it seemed more focused than Oblivion does for good or worse. Actually, to me, it feels just like Oblivion with guns. I'm I'm one of those people that, but it's one of those things. I loved Oblivion, but this game feels pretty similar to Oblivion to me, but with guns and uh, different types of mission structure, but a lot of the quests, like, go here, go there, deliver this here, and then of course another quest pops up from that. It really it really does kind of feel like Oblivion. Did you get done the part with the ants? No, I haven't done that yet. That is one of the most annoying and combat-heavy missions I've done so far, because these ants breathe fire at you, and like, the soldier and the uh, warrior ants, they're really strong. Hmm. And someone who's, yeah. like, specializing in handguns like me, it doesn't work too well. <laughs> yeah, I know I know some people that, that love Fallout 1 and 2 to death, and uh, they really don't they don't care for Fallout 3 at all. They see it as another spin-off on the series, like Brotherhood of Steel and Tactics. Yeah, because it's really not like the uh, Fallout 1 and 2. It's kind of like... Um... I can't really think of a good example, but it's kind of like taking a game and totally reinventing it. 
Kind of like how yeah. they were trying to do with Prince of Persia, but they didn't quite do it. Yeah. Prince of Persia just seemed like a, uh, a streamlining and making it easier approach to the gameplay. But for me, Fallout 3 has just been totally immersive. It's just like had you mentioned earlier. You look at the clock, and it's 12 o'clock. You start playing, you start playing, it, boom, it's 6 a.m., and you're like, what the hell? I haven't played the game that long. It feels like 15 minutes just passed. Yeah, I, I know that feeling. I get, I get that feeling with some... I mean, I get that feeling with a lot of games. I got that feeling with Gears, Gears 2. Um, I sat down and played Gears 2 the first time I got a multiplayer with uh, a group of friends I've got. And we sat down and played that game about 9.30 at night, and I didn't get up to move around until 9.30 in the morning the next day. Oh, wow. Um, because it was just... It was so much fun the first night, because we were just... Dom- we were just dominating, like, everybody that came by in, like, every match. I think we only lost, like, two or three matches that entire night. Did you notice that uh, Fallout 3 did the classic wuss out? You can what kill every- you can kill oh, everybody you can't in kill the game, kids. you can't kill children, you can't kill them at all. There, is there gonna be a- there's gonna be a mod somewhere where you can kill kids. There already is, just- just, uh, search killable children. Yeah. Because Have it's one missed? of those things- if you're an evil bastard and you're going around killing everyone and you can't kill the children, it just seems kind of dumb. Like everyone is lying on the ground, and then there are these kids running around screaming. That seems actually more sadistic, if you ask me, because <laughs> you can actually <laughs> torture kids and not kill them. It's like, it's like you you'll get your uh, you'll get your torture uh, to children to underage minors thing out of it, and uh, you'll never actually get the uh, release of killing them, which is a, what a lot of psychopaths like. <laughs> it's, yeah, I, I I saw that. Have you messed around with the uh, that creation kit that's come out for it yet? No, but I have a feeling it would probably be almost the exact same thing as Oblivion has because it's the Oblivion same engine. Engine, yeah. But um, I want. What I keep wondering, but I haven't seen anyone do, is import Oblivion content to Fallout 3 or vice versa. Just imagine being in Oblivion, walking into the Imperial City, and opening up with a minigun. <laughs> <laughs> it's probably possible. I mean, it's the same kind of art assets and, te- art assets and textures. So, I mean, somebody's going to be bound to do it. Yeah. Did you hear about the, um, the DLC that's coming out in... Um, is it this month or next month? I can't remember. What's coming out? Um, it's Alaska. Is DLC going to be able to go to Alaska? Any idea uh, on pricing? Um, ten bucks. I think they said. Oh, it's not bad. Ten, this is for console, so for PC it'll probably be free. Because no, no one not, has ever. It's not going to be free on the PC. Remember, all of Oblivion's downloadable content costs money. Horse armor cost money on PC. Horse armor was two bucks. Did anybody really pay for horse armor on PC? I paid for horse armor because um, I bought the uh, Oblivion downloadable content collection, which included everything up to Knights of Nine. Yeah. And plus, but I you feel got like Knights of Nine. yeah. The thing, um, I don't know. Maybe maybe if PC one will be, it'll probably be ten bucks, or maybe we'll get lucky and. NVIDIA will be like, brought to you by NVIDIA, and we'll get it for free. Yeah, either way, you're not going to be able to pirate it if you want the whole Games for Windows Live feature to work, because you know Microsoft is going to have encryption on that through the ass. Yeah, they will. Just like um, 
Grand Theft Auto 4 did a thing where um, some of the the shitty performance people were reporting was from the pirated copies because early they, they had a thing they could detect if you had a pirated copy then the game would play like ass even though even on non-pirated copies it still played like ass anyway so it's kind of a stupid move on their part um, any idea if there's there, any patches out yet for that? Um, supposedly there's two or three patches coming that are going to make the game better um, because I might rebuy it and play it on PC so I could play it at you know above 20 frames per second because that game ran awful on consoles it was like I couldn't play it just because it ran so bad and hopefully there'll be some mods for it so we can it can put checkpoints into missions because one thing I hate about Grand Theft Auto is when you're going on a mission that takes like 30 minutes and you die at the very end and you have to go do all this monotonous driving and bullshit again that you already did before. Yeah, I've had some times where I've actually, seriously, I was like right where the last checkpoint you had to go to to end it. Like, you know, I'm not kidding, like uh, 10 feet away from the actual thing, literally 10 feet, and then like some guy shoots me in the head and I die. Yep, I know, I hate that. That's what I hated about Grand Theft Auto 4, because it felt like that for all the missions I was doing, and that's what I, I stopped. Yeah, I, I haven't played that game in such a while. I don't think I even got a quarter of the way through. Yeah, I didn't either. I didn't even get to the big... I don't know if it's a spoiler by now. You might know. I don't know if you want me to say it. But there's a, there's a big choice in the story. I I didn't even get to that part. I didn't make I, any I, choices I that I know of. I got to the second because safe you know, house. Um, you know Playboy... There's Playboy X and there's Dwayne. Did you get to those two characters? Um, I've never heard of Playboy X, but I think I might He's have heard big, of Dwayne. He was the big um, guy. Had the big. He was really flamboyant, and he had the giant penthouse in New York. Honestly, I don't. I don't girls. recall. Yeah. It's been just so damn long since I actually even but looked at that game, let alone played a, it. There's a choice you make later in the game where you have to either kill Playboy X or Dwayne. And from everything I've seen or read about it, it's like okay, I kill this guy. The story goes in this path. I kill this guy, goes in this path. It's like, but I don't have any connection to these characters at all whatsoever. So why do I care who I kill? I think it'd be because cool if you got to kill either your cousin or your girlfriend. I would kill my cousin so he would stop fucking calling me all the time in that damn game. Too many fucking hey, mandates. Hey, Nico, you want to go see some big titties? He wants to go on that mandates a, with you because he loved you like that? your nephew does. Seriously, yes. <laughs> Seriously, that was half that stupid game. It was like, hey, Nico, I want to get some big American deities. It was like, just shut up. Stop calling me. And, and I'm thinking like, to myself, he wants to feel Nico's ass on that motorcycle. Yeah. That's all he wants. Yes, seriously. He doesn't look at the TTs. He I grabs Nico's ass. I still can't understand how, how that got so many Game of the Year awards. It's like, did you play it? Or did you just hear other people talk about it? The biggest problem because with anything like that is Grand Theft Auto for so many years has had the more of the same feeling. Ever since Grand Theft Auto 3, the games really, in my opinion, have felt the same. Sure, they've added like stuff like uh, being able to swim and getting out of your car in the water and stuff like that, but honestly, it's it's not enough, and uh, Grand Theft Auto 4 really doesn't do anything to reinvent the wheel, so it just feels tired and old. Yeah, and a lot of the, a lot of the thing is, like, the story they try to create with, like, Nico being this serious guy and everything, and how he's down to earth, and he doesn't like what he's doing, but he's doing it anyways. Mm-hmm. 
from the story, and then it's like it completely contrasts stark opposite of the Nico that you control that can go around and kill anybody and blow shit up and do whatever he wants. It's a complete stark opposite. I mean, because, like, at least in the stories and games, like, in in Vice City, I don't know if you played Vice City. Um, I played Vice City stories on the PSP a bit. Uh, Tom, uh, Tommy Versetti was, like, he was this crazy killer that just wanted to take over the mob and take over all of Miami and all of Vice City. So he would do whatever he had to do to get it. So when you went on these crazy rampages, it felt like, you know, it kind of fits this character. One question for you on Vice City is, how did Lance Vance actually uh, get into that story? Um, Let you meet... Oh, shit. God, I played Vice City so long ago. That was like... uh, 2003? Um, Lance gets in that story you meet him while you're protecting a girl I think uh huh and then you do missions for him and then eventually he becomes close to you and then um there's a part where he gets captured and he's gonna get killed and you have to save him yeah because in uh, Vice City Stories which actually is right over there on my shelf he's actually the main character's brother because the main uh. character is Vince Vance. And really, I, for some unknown reason, I did play quite a bit of that game, and I enjoyed it quite a bit. And you never know, one of these days I might get tired of RPGs and shooters, and I might just pick up some uh, Vice City stories and start playing it again. But, um, yeah, he was... Because I just like the one part where, where uh, when you first meet him, and uh, Vince is, is getting all mad at Lance, how he always gets him in trouble and everything, and everything always gets messed up. And right, right when you start the mission, because I know I did the mission like eight times because I kept on dying because there's all these idiots shooting you when you're in your car and your car blows up. And Lance is like, one last Lance Vance chance. And I'm thinking, oh, that was so cheesy. <laughs> but yeah, it, it, Vice City Stories is definitely a game, especially on the on the PSP. It it feels a lot more tighter on the uh, PlayStation Two. I just thought it felt a little... Not as tight. Like, the controls didn't feel as good as they did on the PSP. Might just be me, though. Yeah, I don't know. Those those PSP to... um, PS2 ports never really quite work out all the way. Wasn't there a Twisted Metal game that did a PSP to PS2 port, and I heard that it was actually better than the PS2 version? Yeah, um... I mean, better than the PSP version. Yeah, there was the uh, Twisted Metal head-on... PS2 um, game, which came with a bunch of extra extra stuff. One of these days, but I gotta pick up a copy of that because I hear that it has the original live-action cinemas from the first Twisted Metal game, but the ESRB wouldn't let them actually be put on the game because it'd give it too stern of a rating. Yeah, yeah, they, yeah, it does have all that stuff, and it's I've seen some of it on uh, YouTube, and it's pretty, uh, it's pretty weird looking. Actually, my. Uh, Grand Theft Auto Vice City Stories disc is actually in my PSP at the moment. Since you need a disc in the PSP to load anything on there. Yeah. Really? I... Eh. It's one of those things. What, what, firmware, you... what firmware do you have on your on the PSP? I think I'm running like uh, 370, but the thing is, certain games can be a bit problematic if you're doing no UMD mode. So I just do, I just keep the UMD in there, really, and hmm. just ter- don't turn on no UMD mode. 
because I don't want yeah. anything to be unstable, because I figure, eh, it's not like it's a big deal that the disc is in there. Yeah, I don't know, like, I ordered... I don't know if it's like a shortage of Pandora batteries or what, because I I ordered a uh, Pandora battery and two gig memory stick combination so I could uh, put custom firmware on my PSP Slim. I ordered it like three weeks ago. Oh, that sucks. Still hasn't got here yet, and I emailed the guy yesterday. And he was like, "We're having trouble getting them in stock. You can cancel the order if you want, but we'll get it to you as soon as we can." Okay, because I mean, I still have my Fat, which has custom firmware, which I was using to play. Uh, Final Fantasy Dissidia. Yeah, I played um, some of that, but without English, it just was kind of hard to play, honestly. It, yeah, if you, I, I understand if you didn't know any kanji, that game would be really daunting, because it's really text-heavy. Also, honestly, but, another thing is, the game honestly let me down a little bit. The uh, It's less of a fighting game, more of, more of like a uh, third-person shooter. It's Air Guide's sequel on PSP. But the thing is, but the thing is, Air Guides, Ergies, Air Gates, whatever the hell you want to call it, that game actually just felt tighter in its controls, whereas this game feels more like a a shooter type interface. Do you, you know? Do you know how it? Do you know how it? How it all works? Do you know how the system? How the system works? Because like that wasn't clear to me until I played about two or three hours of it, and then I really started to get a handle on the system. And once you start. Thing is, it's really hard in English and Japanese for you if you don't know anything, because there's a lot of skills you have to equip that change the way your character plays completely. There's a lot of items that you can equip that change the way your character fights too. Um, I mean, you can change, uh, you can equip uh, different EX mode skills. Is it called EX mode? I can't remember. Something like that. But, I know I saw EX yeah. somewhere in the menu. Yeah, but but basically you have um, you hit you care. You have these brave points and you have HP, and you have these brave points, and basically you, you do two types of attacks. You have attacks to take away HP, and you have attacks to take away brave and add to your brave points and take away from the other other characters. What you want to do is you want to hit the other character's brave points because the amount of brave points you have determines how many when you do an HP attack how many points of HP you're going to take away. But like the game, it's really hard and if you don't know any Japanese at all, to get an understanding of how, how it all works and how it all comes together. Yeah. Once I started getting... Because once I... Yeah, it was a letdown to me when I first started playing it. But once I got some time under under my belt and I got started getting a little more familiar with it and how it got... I felt like it got a lot better, so... The thing is... I wouldn't count it out completely yet. I would wait for the English release because it's coming in June. When I was playing... Uh when I first picked up the game, and when I actually first heard the game, I thought it was going to be more of an Airgates type experience, where this really doesn't handle like a fighting game. Do you understand what I'm getting at, though? Yeah, it, it, it it's not really like a traditional fighting game. If anything, the fighting reminds me of um, the Budokai Tenkaichi series for Dragon Ball Z. Like, that's the closest thing I can relate it to, how like it's zoomed out from your character, you're not side by side. It also you're, has a little um, bit of a Kingdom Hearts feel. Too. Yeah, it does. That's because it's um, Nomura's project, and Nomura likes to do all kinds of things like that with it. But personally, what I re- would have rather had, I would have rather had more of a, more of an Airgates uh, versus fighter instead of more of a shooter, Kingdom Hearts, RPG, sort of hybrid bastard child that the game actually ended up being. I don't know. I've, I've liked what I've 
played of it. I played about four or five hours. I finished um, I finished Squalls. I finished Cloud. I finished Tetis's. I finished um, uh, Cecil's story. Another thing that I thought was kind of lacking was I wouldn't mind it if they had some more characters in the game. Like if they had, for instance, like maybe even the second character or even the female character from some of the games. Like it would have been cool to have a playable Tifa in the game or like a playable Renoa or playable Yuna in the game. But it just feels kind of limited just to have just the main first character of every game. Yeah, I mean, there is two other characters that you can... can Well, to use in versus mode, you have to unlock all the the bad characters. And then you have those two bonus characters you can unlock, but... When you say you have to unlock all the bad characters, how do you unlock bad characters? When you finish the... When you you play the game, you get a certain amount of... um, you get a certain amount of gill um, for doing stuff, for finishing um, boards in a certain amount of turns, um, for only using so many um, spirit points to get across the license board. Um, but and then you get gill for beating characters and stuff, and you take that gill into the shop, and then to use in versus mode um, in that shop. Um, use that gill that you've earned in the single player. So basically, I play through single player a bunch too. In versus to unlock the bad characters in versus mode. Oh, so it's not like, for instance, beating the Final Fantasy VII Cloud mode gets you Sephiroth or anything. You have to actually no, buy you get, him. No, you get enough money. You get enough money after beating him. If you want to go buy him, you could. But it's not like an instant thing like a lot of games would no. do. I think. Didn't uh, didn't Airgates do something like that when you beat one of the Final Fantasy VII characters? You got one of the hidden Final Fantasy VII characters. Like I think there was Vincent and Yuffie and stuff in there, and you got them for beating it with certain Final Fantasy VII characters. I believe so. I believe it did something like that. That's one of those games that one of these days I wouldn't mind hacking it because you know the RPG mode in that game. Mm-hmm. What I what I would love to be able to do is replace the two characters that you play as with Cloud and Tifa. That would be so awesome. That would make the RPG mode so much more cool, really. Yeah. You gotta agree with that, because the thing is, yeah. I would imagine that the, the actual animations for that are probably just, um, just like, in the bone structure, so I doubt they're actually put onto the models, because, for instance, both Claire and uh, whatever the guy's name is can actually be played in the fighting game mode. So I don't yeah. think the actual RPG animations are on the characters per se. I think it's actually just something that gets applied to them when they're in that mode. But you never know. I might take a look at it at some point and see if I can do anything. But the only problem is it's probably not going to be a easy matter of swapping file names. No, definitely not. Not in something that old, probably not. But you never know. But it's still, it's still to this day, it's still one of my one of my favorite uh, Final Fantasy spin-offs, per, if you say, if you can say that. I still yeah. say one of the things that would have been cool is if we had uh, Barrett and uh, Eris in it, because they were kind of missing, in my opinion. Yeah, um, I don't know if you've seen, but um, the Blu-ray of uh, Advent Children complete is actually. I mean, they're adding. Um, 35 extra minutes into Advent Children to tie up the story better and to make it flow better. Will there be a DVD version of that actual cut? 
I don't probably but we won't see it for like another nine months it comes out in March and this is a blu-ray that's coming packed in with um, Final Fantasy 13 demo which I probably be a sucker for an import because even though it'll probably be like 60 bucks for this blu-ray in the demo and plus of course there won't be any English even subtitles in the Japanese release no no, but I'll I'll be able to I'll be able to get by. I can get I can get by pretty all right in most kanji. Um, but I mean I've just waited. So, I just it feels like I've waited so long because Final Fantasy XII didn't feel like a real Final Fantasy game to me. I liked Final Fantasy XII, and of course the uh, Mega sixty four thing where he's like, I am Bosch von Rotzenberg of Dalmasca. Don't <laughs> listen to Andor's lies. That one is so funny. I just find it funny yeah. when that one guy toward the end is like. Don't you ever come near my children again, or I'm going to hurt you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I, there's just something about Twelve where I don't know, like it just didn't feel like a real Final Fantasy. But do from do everyone of, do everyone a favor. By the time that comes out, if you get it, have a capture card so you can actually do some actual capture of. Uh, I will. Of the there uh, are demo. there are some there are some screens of real time footage of that game and. From what I've seen of it running, it looks amazing. It looks better than, like, anything I've seen. It's one of those things, though. Even, like, real-time videos and real-time screens are nothing compared to actually a real person actually playing playing the game. Because you could actually, like, be giving your commentary on what you think of what you're doing. And uh, instead of having some Japanese guy go... Hosutashi, Timbayachi, and he's like talk. He's like spouting out all this technical data in Japanese, and it's like I don't care. I want to think, know what you think of this character attacking the enemy and what that looks like. Do you think it's good? Do you think it's bad? I don't want to know how many gigaflops it takes for the main character to attack a chocobo when the other character is looking at their ass or something. You know what I mean? Yeah. Those guys just get a bit too technical sometimes, and of course, if you don't know what they're saying, it doesn't really matter one bit. No. But um, from from what I've read and what I've seen, the battle system is going to be, um, looks like a combination of Final Fantasy XII's Chrono Trigger, Final Fantasy X-2's, and um, Xenosaga. Oh, and for the people who are actually living under a rock... Yes, Final Fantasy XIII will be released on the Xbox 360, so you don't need to buy a PS3 for it anymore. That's the one thing I was going to buy a PS3 for, so that saves me about, uh, what is it, four or $500 now? I can go on for like 300 I think. Still, that's $300 I don't yeah. have to spend to play one game. I mean, really, honestly, all the PS3 fanboys are going to like totally flame me for this, and I, I know I've said this about a dozen billion times, but... None of the exclusive games on the PS3 really interest me. I've played Resistance 1... Not Resistance 1. I've played Killzone 1 on the uh, PS2, which I actually picked up recently. It's a decent shooter, but uh, it's not really a console-moving title. I just can't wait for for Killzone 2 to flop, and then... It's going to be so good. I just love seeing, seeing Sweet fanboy tears of anything. It's just so funny. I actually knew people when the uh, Final Fantasy thirteen news dropped. They were actually mad at Squaresoft. They were saying, oh, Squaresoft has betrayed us. They they totally turned their back on PS3 fans. I'm thinking to myself, you're still getting the game. It's not like they're saying, well, Final Fantasy thirteen will be 
360 exclusive now. Screw you, PS3 fans. No, you're still getting the game. They're just putting on 360 in the USA because in the USA, the 360 has such a huge install base that um, Squaresoft actually wants to make money. They want to make more money. With development cost of games anymore, being exclusive is really, really hard. Without getting money hatted. Yeah, and of course, the same thing if you're under another rock. The same thing happened with Tekken 6. That's now going to be a 360 game as well. Oh, yeah. I knew that was coming. That was coming from a mile away. Yeah, I, I had a feeling about that. And I told one of my uh, one of the people I knew who was a PS3 fanboy, and he's like, oh, I don't care about Tekken. You ever notice that with PS3 fanboys? When something big happens with PS3, they seem to just brush it off, for instance... Well, there's going to be no rumble on the six-axis. Oh, I didn't like rumble anyway. <laughs> I always find it funny. I've noticed every single time with that. It's like, HD DVD is going to be on the 360. Oh, I mean, I, we, I don't care. You know what I mean? They're funny. I mean, PS3, PS3 is a flop, honestly. Any, I mean, any I, fanboy... You know what I use really? my PS... You know, I use my PS3 to play Blu-rays and... and to play some PlayStation 2 games. But most PlayStation 2 games will play a hard drive. Although so I... So really, it's just a Blu-ray player. Because, you know what the last game I played on my PlayStation 3 was? Which? Resistance 2. And it was awful, and it made me hate my life. I thought so you were going to name a PS1 game or something. <laughs> yeah. Although, I don't know, I just wish that... Like, they've got so much wasted potential. They could put out so many awesome PS1 games for download on their service for like five bucks. And, like, they haven't. It's like, why Konami haven't you released Suicoden 2? Didn't they release Suicoden 1? Yeah, they did. It's five bucks. And, like, if you release two, I will buy it for five dollars. <laughs> now, when you, when you download a uh, game on the PS3, <laughs> can it be played on the PS3 or only the PSP, or can it be played on both? Both. Oh, that's good, because if I call correctly, originally wasn't it just PSP? It was originally just PSP, but it's both now. Oh, that's good, because I'd asked some people, and nobody actually was able to give me a straight answer on that. Yeah. And you can do remote play, too, if you don't want to put it on your PSP. Or you could just you can um, use your PSP to navigate your PS3, and then it just streams it over your network. So it's to... actually still playing it on the PS3. It's You can do both. You can stream it over your network to your PSP, or you can put it on your memory stick and play it on your PSP. Now, how does that how does that work with the terribly crippled PS3s? The terrible um, PS1 games, P, uh, the, the 40 gigabyte ones still have PlayStation One backwards compatibility. Isn't true that the latest 80s, like just about everything, is stripped out of them? Um, not really. It's still got. Um, it can still play PlayStation Three games, so. No, I mean like I mean like uh, backwards <laughs> compatibility isn't like. Oh uh, no! You can still play PlayStation One games. You just can't play PlayStation Two games. That was one. Of, that's one of like the main points why I even wanted one in the first place. And I was thinking to myself, oh, there's going to be all these great games, and it's going to be so awesome. Then just about every great game either one sucks, or two gets ported over to the 360, thus like not making me want one at all. And I'm thinking to myself. Eh, well, I'll just play them on my PlayStation 2 and PlayStation 1. I don't want to spend 300 dollars on something I'm just going to play old games on. PlayStation 3 is... Say you can get one for 100 bucks. Would you? I would. I would get one for 100 bucks. Yeah, see, like... 
Like, my friend is just absolutely adamant about not buying a Wii, and he's furious that they announced Dragon Quest X for Wii. And, um, he was just like, I will not buy it until I can get a Wii for 50 bucks. I was like, you'll be waiting forever. <laughs> yeah, the thing with Nintendo is as long as they can actually make money off of the Wii, and as long as they're selling, because if you haven't noticed, within a few days of the Wii's hitting shelves, they still sell out. Even though they don't yeah, sell out within a couple hours, they still sell out within a couple days. It's amazing. I'm like, what are you people playing on this thing? Because before I, I started playing Okami and, and Tatsunoko, I hadn't played my Wii since June. Well, another game that I had recently played, I don't know if I told you about it or not, was Fable 2. Did you try that out? Uh, I haven't tried I played... Um, I almost finished Fable 1, but I haven't started Fable 2. The only thing that I don't like about Fable 2 is it... it just like Grand Theft Auto 4 gets some of that more of the same feeling. Basically, mm-hmm. it's the story feels as cliched as the original one. Instead of, like, your uh, parents getting killed off and you get thrown off the school, school something similar happens that put you in a situation where you need to get another big bad guy person, and that's of course your quest, and you have to go around questing so your final confrontation with this big bad guy is done, and guess what? There is not even a boss fight with this big bad guy. There isn't one. Just like in a, in Fable 1, there was two boss battles, especially Lost Chapters, two boss battles with Jack of Blades. It felt satisfying when you finally beat him. And you killed that bastard, and you were like, yes, this is awesome. But no! One of the minor characters in the game, well, he's one of the major characters, at the end of the game, he shoots him in the head. I'm not kidding. I am I am what? 100% fucking serious. One of the other characters in the game pulls his gun out, and while this character is finishing his whole speech to you at the end of the game, he shoots him in the head. I just ruined the, the end of the game for everybody, but yeah, that just let me down a lot. But, you might not think that I hate the game. No, that game is just, that game is really fun. The the whole thing with the dog does really work because one of the things I hated the most in Fable 1 was you'd be walking along, walking along, and there's like, um, what is there, like quite a few, a lot of those silver keys. Never could find those because they would often be like behind an awning or behind a tree or buried under the ground. Well, the dog will bark every time he sees a treasure chest, every, every time he sees a silver key. He'll he'll bark, and uh, there will be a little treasure symbol above his head every time he... Well, every time he found the treasure chest or a silver key, like I just mentioned. And there will also be a little shovel above his head once you buy the spade. Every time he found something in the ground, even if it's something insignificant like uh, ten gold pieces. But honestly, I think... Above anything else, that helps out most of all. The dog actually helping you. And of course, the dog will growl when you're about to be ambushed, so that helps as well. And one thing I have to say is you might now think, oh, that's going to make it too easy. But really, it doesn't. It just helps out, and it makes the game feel less clunky. But um, the thing is, the combat doesn't feel as new as Peter Molyneux had promised. Like, if you saw the videos for Fable 1, I mean for Fable 2, do you remember how Peter Molyneux was like, oh, this game's gonna be just as better than the first one, and your dog, and he will be, like, so cool. And, like, did you notice how he, like, he talked out his ass again? Like, even Mm -hmm. even, uh, Yahtzee called him on this one, but, um, 
the game is good. The thing I hate the most about the combat is blocking and attacking are on the same button because Peter Molyneux had this crazy, insane, I'm a dumb jackass thought in his mind that combat should be all on one button where you actually have to get the skill to block. So you actually have to earn experience points and get the skill of blocking, which in, which is another dumb thing that I hate. That is stupid. And it's one of those things where if you hold the button a certain way, you'll actually block. If you hold the button in a direction, you'll do a power attack. It's just kind of like that, and then like your will's on another button, and your, um, your projectile attack, which is either your gun, crossbow, or pistol is going to be another button. So basically, he he made it, it noob accessible, but in my opinion, it doesn't feel like the uh, hardcore fans really got much of that. Sure, there's some depth with, like, uh, with like flurries and uh, combos and stuff, but it doesn't feel deep enough where your jaded players such as you, who didn't like the first game that much, will really come back for more. People who really like the first game, like myself who could get past the whole fact that uh, doing one little thing wouldn't change the whole world, will probably like the game. But people who didn't like Fable 1 will not like Fable 2. So really, unless it's some kind of miracle, don't really bank on the fact that if you didn't like Fable 1, you'll like Fable 2. Because he seems to try to make people think that. You ever notice that? Yep. But You didn't like Black and White 1. You'll love Black and White 2. But I beat it. No. I beat it twice. Once with a uh, good female character, and the second time with an evil male character. So one of these days on my YouTube channel, you'll be seeing a video review of that. Since I finally got the formula of doing a video review down, if anybody caught my Jade Cocoon review, which Jade Cocoon is a great game with a Pokemon-esque uh, breeding system, and it really m- makes it fun. Of course, the game's only real shortfall is that um, it can be beaten in about 10 hours if you're really not in the breeding thing. The um, the best Pokemon breeding RPG game like that is, um, well, Persona has has it somewhat, um, but Nocturne, Shimmer Tensei Nocturne, is the best for that, even though that game is very hard and it's very slow. It that game feels like a Super Nintendo RPG on a PlayStation 2. One thing I'm very happy that you didn't say is Monster Rancher, because honestly, I cannot stand Monster Rancher. That game is so slow and so boring. I've even played... You mean Monster Rancher or Mon- Monster Hunter? Monster Rancher. Okay. I've played the PlayStation versions and one of the ones on PlayStation 2, but Monster Rancher just... I don't get why everyone likes it so much. It just doesn't... I, it's not I fun. I don't like it that much either. Really? It's not fun. Mm-hmm. That's the biggest problem with it. It's not enjoyable. It's it's kind of a, a uh, novelty when you first like make a monster by throwing some random music CD from your collection into the, into the system, and then it'll be like, now making your monster, and it throws out some random piece of shit that looks like a shit monster, and it's like... This is the monster that was generated from your CD. That was a novelty, but having to go through, like, um, training and then conditioning, and then you don't uh, you don't punish your monster, so your monster becomes a prima donna and never falls under your commands when you're in a tournament. And after a while, you lose a tournament, and then it's like, do I really want to do it again? No, I don't. Yeah, I mean... 
I mean, I remember playing. I think I played the first one on PlayStation 1 that we got. And I wasn't too enthralled with it, so... I don't think I ever played any of the subsequent sequels we got. But I still think... Oh, and Persona, Persona 4 has got that capturing Pokemon-esque element to it, kind of. But it feels a little more deeper than Pokemon. Pokemon's just like, throw a ball at him, maybe you'll get him. Um, sometimes when you get to a higher level, you'll find, um, you'll get, you get these cards after you win a battle, and some of the cards will be blank, some will have new personas on them, and some will be a penalty card where you'll lose all your experience or guilt if you get, if you draw one of those cards, and the game will do this, some kind of random chance luck game, like it'll be one of those things where it goes really fast and you have to time it right to get the right one, or you have, like, a roulette slot thing to get one of the right cards and once you get those right cards then you either get a new persona or you get nothing or you get a penalty and you grab that new person that's how you get new personas you can get them that way or if you have two older ones you can there are certain ways that you can fuse them together and you, you retain both skills yeah, the- you retain skill sets from both of them and um, it'll form a new persona and the better your social links are like the social links are your ties to um social links are the ties you have to the people that are around you like your teammates or people you go to school with or stuff like that like if you do activities with them and you answer questions right or stuff like that like the higher that is the higher bonus experience you give to your persona and the more levels up you give to it bonus which is really helpful because personas level up so much slower than your main character does mm-hmm. so I mean that's that's the kind of Pokemon aspect to it, but it's not really 100% like what you expect from a Pokemon game. But the only other thing with Fable 2 that really bothered me was the very lacking Collector's Edition. Originally... I saw that. Yeah, they were originally supposed to put a bunch of stuff in, and it seemed like every week they were like, yeah, that's not going to be in here, and that's not going to be in here. And then finally they messed up, and they were like... And there was a loophole where, like, anybody that bought any anything could get the code to get all the down the DLC stuff. Well, the thing that bothered me the most is it was supposed to come with a hob figurine with three accessories, which was the hob is the little little enemies in the game, and then it was supposed mm-hmm. to come with five fate cards, both of which got left out of the actual game. So when you pop in the bonus disc into your system and look at that one part where they basically show the hob figurine you would have gotten had they not totally screwed up on the collector's edition. They show it in various places, kind of like knocking off the whole roaming gnome thing that that stupid-ass Travelocity company that wouldn't hire me because they're assholes hmm. uh, put on their site. But it's one of those things that more seems like it's like they're teasing you. It's like, look what we have and you'll never have, you stupid, dumb bastard. But... At least they lowered the price of the collector's edition to $69 instead of what was it going to be, like $89 or something like that. I know it was like some crazy high price, but another thing that pissed me off about the collector's edition is when you watch the making of featurette, remember those those, uh, video diaries they had on Xbox Live? Yes. There was seven of them. Basically, the making of documentary is the seven... Uh, Fable video diaries with one or two or maybe even five tops added scenes here and there. They took out a bunch of the crap like when there was like the one guy making the pyramid head costume for a costume ball which I'm thinking to myself 
I'm watching a Fable 2 video. I don't care that this dipshit is making a pyramid head costume from Silent Hill. Why should I care? It's like if uh, you're watching a special making of disc for Super Mario Galaxy and then somebody started talking about um, Street Fighter or something. It's like, I'm going to make a Ryu costume because I'm so cool. And it's like, but what does that have to do with Mario? And then even Miyamoto would kick him in the nuts. But, you know. (laughs) Yeah. One other game I uh, failed to mention that I played um, is Mirror's Edge. I played the demo of that. Um, I played the demo, and I really liked the demo. I liked it a lot. Um, So I I, uh, rented the full game, and I hate that game. I hate it so much. Honestly, I didn't like the demo at all. I didn't didn't really enjoy it. It was like one of those games where... You're playing the game, and it feels like it's supposed to be a shooter, but all you do is jump and flip around. Yeah, well, there, well, that's all you get in the demo. There are forced combat parts that are awful in that game. It's it's just so there's just some parts are so bad. You never feel like you're actually like cool doing anything. It's like. Yeah, okay, I'm jumping from here to here. Guess it's kind of cool. I'm glad I have this dot. Otherwise, if I didn't, I'd be sick. I couldn't stand the character. She was so stupid looking. One of the I things... I hated the insurance cutscenes. Like, they looked awful. <laughs> yeah, that's one like, of the... Was... I, 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 I have to really say that. That's one of the things I hated the most about the demo. You have this great in-game engine. I mean, the characters looked really yeah. nice. The resolution was nice. The texturing was nice. Then it goes to this, like, nasty, disgusting, worse-than-dreamcast-looking cell-shaded cutscenes. And I'm thinking to myself, why? Insurance commercials. The insurance commercials look better. I know. It's awful. It's awful. And all the game's story is told that way. It's awful. And, like, that level, that first intro level, is probably the best level in that game. Because there are parts that were so frustrating that I it took me an hour to beat because of forced combat and shitty ideas that DICE had about that game. Would you definitely go on record saying that Breakdown was better? Breakdown is a better game. Although I still say one of my favorite things in that game is the life-giving first soda. First-person puking? Oh, I was going to say first-person puking. First-person puking was cool, but uh, I still, I just still like that. It's like, you always hear, oh, soda's bad for you. It has too much sugar. But yeah, he <laughs> drinks soda, and he gets life. He he eats this thing that's supposed to be a ration bar. It looks like a frickin' eraser, and it gives him life. <laughs> Yeah, I will say Breakdown is a better first-person game. One of these days, I'm going to get the strategy guide for that game, because I've seen it for, like, three bucks on eBay, and I'm going to just, like, totally play through it, because I got stuck on this one part. Did you ever beat the game? Um, I got about halfway through it. Did you ever get to the part where this, there's this weird mutating dude following you, following you, and he's like, Your name. You, who are you? What are you doing? And he's, like, talking in this weird cryptic voice, and if he ever catches up with you, he just, like, totally kills your ass. That's, like, pretty far in the game, though. I don't think so. But that part I could never get past. I've read FAQs about it, but I could just never do it. But I figure maybe the official strategy guide might help me. But, you know, it's only a couple bucks, and I just like the game so much I wouldn't mind owning it. But, yeah. Yeah, I mean... And all, one other game I did I did play... I Man, I've played a lot of games. Um... I played um, Dead Space. How is that and, game? Uh, 
Dead Space? Alright, put it this way. Dead Space, when I played Dead Space, I felt like there is nothing wrong with this game. But I feel like I don't want to play it. Like, and like, there's nothing wrong with this game. It looks nice. It runs nice. It plays fine. But there's no reason for me to want to be here. Like, the entire game just felt like parts of other shooters and movies mixed into one game. And it was like, it felt like it didn't do anything new. It just felt like it stole parts from other games and put it together in its own. But it, like, it didn't do anything wrong. You know what's funny, though? There's people on YouTube fresh. raving that that's the best game ever made. Please. You ever see Dead any Space, of them? Honestly. Dead Space is a fucking ripoff of Event Horizon. Which is a sci-fi movie that came out over ten years ago. Well, speaking um, of collector's editions, did you get the collector's edition of Fallout 3? No, I got the I just got the standard PC version um, because it was it was thirty dollars on Amazon on Black Friday and that's when I picked it up. Well, I personally got mine with a gift card that I actually got for Christmas, so I was looking at it this way: I don't need a lunchbox, I don't need a uh, figurine, and I don't need an art book. You need a lunchbox. But um, I was the the only thing that I usually like on those collector's editions is the making of discs. So I said. I'll screw these guys. I'm not giving them 20 extra dollars for a bunch of junk I don't need. So sure enough, I downloaded the making of this. It's just a 39-minute documentary. It's pretty good, but it's not $20 good. Yeah, um, I think the best making of documentary is on the Metal Gear Solid 4 Blu-ray disc that comes with this the special edition. Uh huh. Because they have this inside look of um, Kojima Productions, where they're like. No one is really allowed into, and the fact that they had this big documentary, and like you saw the people doing the voice acting, and like it was just really, it was really interesting to watch them make it, and like how under pressure, and how many people actually made that game. I think like one time they said they had a staff of like 175 people working on that game. Oh, that's cool. At one time, and it was like they had the game ready to play, like you could play through the whole thing like, a year and a half before it came out, and they spent a year and a half polishing it and making it better. Do you think that's Although the best I still game think ever they made? Need to... No, but I still think they could have made that ending so much better if they didn't fucking puss out at the end. I hear so many, so many fanboys they... saying that, oh, if you, if you don't own Metal Gear Solid 4 and a PS3, you're not a real gamer, and this game oh, is for please. real gamers, and this is the best game ever shit. made. It's like... Hideo Kojima is Jesus and he crapped it out of his ass or something, you know what I mean? Yeah, but it's like yes, it is a great game. Yes, it probably is the best next one of the best next generation games I've played. Is it the best game I've ever made? No, it's not close. What about best Metal Gear? I don't know. Like they could have done one thing at the end of that game that would have made that game the best Metal Gear and one of the best games of all time. But because they didn't do it, it makes me sad. Like at the end, I don't know if you've ever seen any trailers. I don't know how spoilerific you want me to get. No, I don't really get much spoilerific. <laughs> all right, there's one one thing they could have done at the end that would let the player do something that would have impacted that entire game. That would have gave that game reason. It would have done a lot of things. Because the ending of that game just feels so kind of 
hobbled together. Let me guess. You're mad that there's no naked Raiden cartwheels. That too. <laughs> I was only mad that they made Raiden awesome and then never let you play as him. Do you think they might come up with uh, Middle Gear Solid 4 subliminal subsistence incidents? It's going to be Metal Gear Solid 4 Sub Sandwich. <laughs> sub Sandwich. Jill or Sandwich, like, right? It's going to be like Metal Gear Solid 4 Existence. Or, yeah, Existence sounds pretty good because it still finds with that. Existence, Subsistence, Substance. Subsistinal, Sistinance, yes. But I don't know. I really, really really like Metal Gear Solid 3. Like, Metal Gear Solid 3 is one of my favorite games of all time. I don't think it's better than 3. I'll say it's my second favorite. Which would be which two. would be next, uh, 2 or 1? One? 1, and then 2. I, like, it's so hard ranking them, because they're all so good. Twin like, Snakes or not Twin Snakes? I say not Twin Snakes. I've played both a, num- a number of times. And I just don't feel like the Twin Snakes really adds anything, even though. Uh, but there's this part in um, in, in Metal Gear Solid 4 that that it's amazing. Like you're in Metal Gear Solid 4, there is an act. Okay, spoiler. It's not very big, but it's not big story related. But there is a part where you go back to Shadow Moses, which is where the first game took place. And in the beginning, when Snake's flying on the helicopter, he falls asleep. And when he falls asleep. Um, the game loads up an emulated version of Metal Gear Solid 1 that you have to play through, like, this first, like, 15 minutes of it. And then when he snaps back to reality, like, his face is the same pixelated face that he had in Metal Gear Solid 1 <laughs> until he snaps back to it. And, like, once you, once that happens, you can wear the face camo of that, so you can be Metal Gear Solid 1 Snake for the rest of the game if you want. Oh, that's cool. Does it so, also like, do it in cutscenes as well? Yeah, it does because the whole game is is rendered in is rendered in real time. There's no there's no uh, FMV in that game. Is it just a mask, or does do the does the mouth actually move? The mouth moves. Oh, that's cool. Because you can do it. You can give him the young snake too. You can make him look young. That's kind of like that. What that makes me think of is, do you remember with Virtual Fighter Four um, Evolution, they had the tenth uh, anniversary edition in there, and it was all the pixelized characters, but using the Virtual Fighter Four engine. Mm-hmm. That was cool. I don't know why I like yeah. that, but I just thought that was cool. Yeah, that reminds me of that. There's there's a couple other things you can do. Like um, there's a couple other things you can do. You like you can unrock the the Raiden mask. <laughs> Raiden mask. Um, there's some funny things you can do like that. But he's he's that's just how Kojima is. But yeah, I I still think if it wasn't for Persona Four, that would be my that would be the best game I've played all year. What would come next? After Metal Gear and Persona, <sighs> I'd have to say Lost Odyssey. Yeah, Lost Odyssey definitely was cool. One of these days, I have to finish that game because I I haven't finished it honestly. I, oh I'm really? On, I'm on disc four. I've done most of the quests, oh. but uh, you know, it's one of those things. You go and you do all the side quests, and you just simply burn yourself out, and you just don't want to yeah. play it anymore. Yeah, I have to say it's either it's either Lost Odyssey or or Tales of Vesperia. Tales of Vesperia was a very very good game. 
with that game, I simply could not get into the demo. I don't know if it was a bad demo yeah, or the, what. It was, it's a bad. It's a, it really is a bad demo because it gives you a slice of it. And you have no idea what's really going on. You have no idea how the system works. Like, whereas I'd say if you can get, if you can find like, if you can find a good copy for a good price, I would definitely recommend picking it up because this. It's it's a really nice looking game. It's got one of the best characters in the Tales games, and I've played almost all of them. And like the battle system is just so much fun. Like once you get good at it, once you know what you're doing, like it's just so much fun getting like you know, 79, 80 hit combos on bosses and stuff, and just absolutely destroying them. It's just and there's like secret uh, goals to finishing off bosses and stuff, and like there's just so much extra stuff you can do in that game, and it just the it's got some really good music to it too, and like, it's it's, it's got a pretty good story. It's, it's like, one of it's those things around. that I kept on thinking since I enjoyed Eternal Sonata so much. I I was thinking, oh, I'm gonna love this Tales of Vesperia demo. Then I start playing it, and I hate the shit out of it because yeah, like you, you really want. I didn't like the demo either, to tell you the truth. I was like, man, this demo is really iffy. I hope this isn't like um, uh, what's that other what was that Tales game on PS2? I hated um. Tales of the Abyss. I hated Tales of the Abyss because the main character, but like, it's just it. Once you like the demo was just so awful because you like, it drops you into the world and you have no idea what the fuck they're talking about. And it forces you to go a certain place and fight a couple of enemies that, that like, and it it starts you off like level twenty and you like you got some skills already mm-hmm. but you have no idea how to use these skills or how this battle system works. It doesn't explain shit to you. And it's like, you have no attachment to these characters, and it's just like, you don't understand anything about them. And it's, yeah, you know, I'm telling you, like, I hated that demo too. I was like, this is going to be shit. And I, and I got it, and I bought that game, and I was like, this is awesome. And I think I put like 55 or 55 hours into that game, and I beat it, and it was, it's awesome the whole way through. Yeah, it's one of those things, I was thinking to myself, oh, this game's going to be bad, because I'm one of those people, I love the Eternal Sonata demo so much that I bought Eternal Sonata when that game came out. I think you need to go buy a PS3 so you can buy a PS3 version of Eternal Sonata. Because it has a couple of small extras that I really don't care to buy a whole new system for. No, from what I from what I saw, I think they said it's got like 20% more dialogue and it's got two extra playable characters. I believe I remember hearing about the two playable characters, but I was looking at it and I was thinking to myself, honestly, those characters weren't all that like cool in the actual game, so it was one of those things I was look, looking, and I was thinking, eh, it would it'd be kind of cool to play as them, but it's not like it's going to be a game-maker or breaker or anything, but um, one of these days, if I eventually get a, a PS3, that, Heavenly Sword, Sigma, those games I'll probably Sigma? end up getting, yeah. but um, it's one of those things, it's not going to be something I'm going to actually end up buying unless I somehow, like, I'm, I get into a lot of money or something, which, you know, yeah. is not going to happen. Yeah, if you do ever get a PS3, I mean, by the time you do, the games will be pretty cheap. Bargain um, bin. Get, get Folklore. That game is really good, and I feel it's really, really underappreciated. That's why it's we need to get like, you some capture hardware so you can do a video review of it. Yeah, it's so good. Like, it's... Like, the music is so good, it looks so pretty, like, it it's not gray and brown, it's like this weird, it's like this weird, crazy, um, Alice in Wonderland world that's kind of on acid. Uh-huh. It's, it's really 
awesome. And like the, the, I just can't get out how good the music is in that game. It's like you ever play a game that's know. panned really bad? I mean, like most game reviewers say the game is shit, but you end up loving it. <sighs> Viking Battle for Asgard on 360 and PS3. I really liked that game. Like genuinely liked that uh-huh. game, and it got like fours and fives. Out of ten, or out of uh, out of ten. Out of ten. But um, yeah. one of the games that I actually had watched the review again on recently on X Play. It was an X Play episode I had on my computer from like 2004. Uh huh. It was a little game made by our good friends at, at Capcom along with Spike called uh, Crimson Tears. Oh, I know, I know that game. It's a cell shaded beat beat 'em up. No, not Crimson yes. Sea. Crimson Tears. Crimson for... Sea is, a, is for PlayStation Two. Yes, Crimson Tears is for Xbox, right? Nope, Crimson Sea is for Xbox. Xbox. Crim- Crimson Tears. Crimson is Tears was for... a, was a cell shaded beat 'em up game by Capcom. Yes, I'm trying to think of what system it was. It was PlayStation Two. Okay. Oh, okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. I know the game you're talking about now. But X Play gave yeah, it yeah. a. Uh, Two out of five, and they said that it lacked just about everything that made a game fun, and that it was bad. But really, the game is fun. I like beat 'em up games. You get new weapons, you get new armor. It just feels pretty deep when it comes to the RPG elements, because you can level up and stuff. And there's three different characters, all who handle weapons differently and have different strengths. And I recently actually had picked up a real copy of this game because I always wanted to have a real with a case and manual and everything. In fact, it's in my hands right now. You hear the case open right there, and then here's the oh, disc. Oh, I do. Although, one thing I'm a little annoyed about is it has one of those stupid rental labels over the disc that if you peel off, it'll break the disc, but eh. It only has a little bit of writing around the spindle hub, nothing too bad. But it, it's a great it's, game. It sounds like um, God Hand for um, PlayStation 2 came out towards the end of its uh, life. God Hand got a lot of hype when it first came out. IGN gave it a 3.5. I remember hearing all the hype about that, and I was like, oh, wow, this game's going to be awesome, but then it got panned badly by everybody. I played a little bit of it. It's so awesome. I love that game so much. It's just, it's so funny. It's just so different. It's like, you have the attack where, like, you just kick a dude off the screen. Like, you just kick him into the sky and he disappears. Done. (laughs) Or there's just there's just so many awesome attacks like that. Like I played through the game completely in Japanese before it came out, and I played the game completely in English. I played through it twice. It's just so much fun. Well, speaking of like, speaking of demos, how we were speaking of earlier, did you play the Resident Evil Five demo? Yes, I have. Now, if for everyone who's not familiar, the Resident Evil Five demo to this date has still not been released in any English-speaking countries. The way to acquire it, which is actually quite easy, you're thinking to yourself, oh, my 360 isn't modified, or, oh, I don't want to go through any hoops of creating a Japanese account. This is all you have to do. Go to, like, any torrent site and search for the Resident Evil 5 demo, download the demo, burn it onto a CD, put it in your system, disconnect from Xbox Live, go to the demo section, play it. Yep. I have it on a CDRW, in fact, because I didn't want to waste the CD, and it works fine on my 360. And all the haters can be damned, 
It is my second most looked forward game to of next year. Surprisingly enough, as I have probably mentioned in about eight of all like eight podcasts, I haven't fully beat any Resident Evil games, which is something that I'm going to focus on this year before five comes out. But mm-hmm. it really plays good for a Resident Evil game. I was first looking at it thinking, oh, this co-op system is never going to work. But yeah, the co-op system really works well. I thought it was really cool how it was like, mm-hmm. you have to go this way to open the gate, and then they have the girl has to go over there. And I thought that was really cool, and the graphics look nice as well. Games, the game is gonna be so awesome. It if will. it wasn't for Street, if it wasn't for Street Fighter Four, it would be the game I want the most coming out this year. Yeah, Street Fighter Four is gonna own life. I wish they'd release a demo of that already. February seventeenth. That's still too damn long. That's a little over a month away. We'll be playing Street Fighter Four. A little over two months away. We'll be playing Resident Evil Five. Yeah, but it should be today. I know it should be, but. I can wait. Have, I still got a bunch of stuff to play. Have you played Street Fighter HD Remix? Yes, I have. I own I own it on 360 and PlayStation 3. You bought it on both consoles? I sure did. What do you think of it? I love it. I only actually played the demo of that, and I had to create a offline profile on my system. That was so stupid. I don't know why they did that. I own I. I own it on both consoles, actually, because I, um, I was like, this is so awesome, I have to support them everywhere I can. That pissed. I can't buy a second copy on 360. That pissed me off the most, that uh, there was no single player in the demo. I mean... It, yeah, why? The only way to actually test the game to play it is to actually have another user account on your system and have another controller and then just, like, beat up the uh, motionless character unless you had another person in your house. Yeah, it makes it makes uh, no sense why they did that. I, I still don't know. But <sighs> yeah, one of these days when I when I uh, get Xbox Live again, which at this point I'm still a silver member. When I get Xbox Live again, I m- may very well pick up HD Remix. We played. I have I have some group of friends I play with. I forget this one guy. So good at it, man. I just, just like the get you get yeah you don't have PS the 360 version is the superior version because of the uh, net code is broken on the three on the PS3 version. Isn't like online just broken on PS3? Well, that game is. Some PS3 games work pretty well online. The thing I hate um, the most about the PS3 online is just like with PS2 online is it's um dependent upon the individual game. It doesn't feel yeah. as unified as 360 feels. I mean, after all yeah. this time, it's starting, to, so it's starting to feel a little better. You would think I mean, Sony would have learned feel a little better. Really? Now that you can do in-game XMB and you can look at your friends list, and you have the same name through every game, it's starting to do better. It's starting to do a lot better. Now you. It's taking time. You own a PS3. Yes. Home. Are you excited? Are you not excited? Don't I haven't care? played it. I haven't played it. No, I'm, I'm just saying, your opinion, what do you think? Are you excited? Are you looking forward to you? Do you not care? I honestly don't care. It's apathy. It's it's wasted It's wasted time. It's wasted development. They could have made the Getaway 3 with all the fucking money they pumped into home. And not one single person on Earth will buy a PlayStation 3 for fucking home. Yeah, I personally looked at the uh, all the videos and everything of it, and I, I'm thinking to myself, I've played The Sims... I've tried Second Life. I'm not really interested in either that I'd actually buy a console specifically for it. 
Sims 3, of course, is going to be pretty cool. I'll probably try that out on the PC, but um, trying to pass this uh, thing off as a killer app, I don't, I don't see it. I really don't see it. It's one of those things. I, I love the, the Sony defense for it now. You know what it is? What? Well, you don't have to play it. <laughs> but I look at it this way. I'm on a game console. No. I'm going to play a real game. I'm not going to play yeah, something trying seriously. to be a social MySpace retard child. <laughs> I, I, I don't know who the fuck that was made for. Seriously. It's made for the people who that play Wii Music. <laughs> people that are playing Wii Music on Wii's. People that are playing, yeah, that shit, are not buying $400, $500 video game console. But that's who Home is made for. The people that like Wii Music. This home is just to show that Sony is so out of touch with who is buying the PlayStation. It's like, you're making SingStar. Who the fuck is buying SingStar? Especially, who's buying SingStar ABBA? If, I'm not going to buy SingStar ABBA. If Sony yeah. was had any brains, you know what they would do? They would take a dump truck th- full of $100 bills, drive it in front of Squaresoft, dump it in front... Walk in there and say, please make Final Fantasy VII Remake exclusive for our console. It's going to push hardware. Home is not. You know You know what's crazy? Sony owns 17% of Square Enix. Really? That was 17%. Yeah, it's there. If you go to the Square Enix site, you can go to stockholders and you can look. And there's like the, the second biggest one. There's some bank that owns like 30% of Square Enix. Uh-huh. But Sony owns like 20% of it. So it's like, what the fuck is Sony doing? It's like, it's, that company is so mismanaged so badly. It's like, one arm doesn't know what the other's doing. It's like, you think like all the Sony Pictures movies that are big, like Spider-Man uh-huh. and stuff like that, like the Spider-Man game would be exclusive to Sony platforms. But no, you can make more money licensing. You think they'd make more money just keeping exclusive to Sony like that, like... Because their company overall will make a profit more because they'll sell more consoles. But no, the license sitting out more to all the things is like... It, it doesn't make sense to me. I just, it seems like one of the arms don't seem know what the other's doing. You definitely it's have to admit, though, having Final Fantasy VII Remake in the form of the uh, PS3 tech demo would push hardware. Yeah, it would. Oh, they've already, they've already, 13 looks better than that demo, that, that tech demo they did. It looks better. In running, from what I've seen. And plus, you know what they could simply do. They could make a special edition Final Fantasy VII PS3, get a good price on it, and yeah, that. Oh, thing they are. Fly. They are. There's the there's the Final Fantasy VII Advent Children Complete PlayStation 3 that's coming out with that movie. It's a movie. Yeah. Simply enough, PlayStation it's a game 3 console. coming out with it. But I'm looking at it this Isn't way. Isn't that crazy? I'm looking at it this way. Make a Final Fantasy VII remake on PlayStation 3 exclusive. And make the console. Because you know for a fact, if Final Fantasy VII Remake ever comes out, Square Enix will most likely put it on 360, at least in America. Because they know it's going to push numbers yeah. in America, at least. Well, unless somebody money hats them big time. Big time. But honestly, I has really Sony done anything really, really smart this generation yet? <laughs> um, um... They haven't even dropped PlayStation 2 to $100 yet. Giant enemy crab. <laughs> they made Genji. I own Genji. Um, let's see. I'm trying to think of what Sony's done smart this generation. That has been, like... They put Rumble, they put Rumble back in the controller. 
I mean, something that they have done that actually shows that they're thinking forward. Not something that they did because they realized <laughs> they screwed up the first time they did it. Um, like, when they drop the prices, they're like, oh no, we can't charge $600 for this. People don't like that. Um, and this is in UFA thinking of real-time they've re- people, so... Uh, they, they've, they have really, really dropped the ball this generation. I mean, like, PlayStation 2 is my favorite platform last generation. Personally, I still feel like PlayStation 2 is one will go down as one of the best systems of all time just because there's so many awesome games that can be played on that thing. I still like that thing that uh, X-Play did when the uh, PlayStation 3... It was like shortly after the PlayStation 3 had first come out and it was like things we hate this year and it was PlayStation consoles without (laughs) 2. Because there really weren't any like good games on the PSP at all at that point. All there was was like ports and remakes and just garbage. So yeah, that was yeah. funny. PlayStation consoles, Sony consoles without two in the name. That's what it was. Hey, leave PlayStation One alone. PlayStation One was good. No, well, it meant current ones that they're oh, making yeah. games were. They're not oh. insulting, insulting uh, PlayStation One. They're just insulting that Sony didn't have any games on the PS3. Like, sure, now there are a good handful of games that I could count on one hand that might be worth getting a console for. But at the time, it was awful. It was ass. It was terribly bad. Yeah, for PlayStation, yeah, I bought my PlayStation 3 on hopes of having good stuff, and you know what thing I've gotten the most success I've had on my PlayStation 3 for? You said Blu-ray. Yeah, that's what I use it for, but out of Blu-ray and Metal Gear Solid 4. That's all that most you know, PlayStation 3 owners should own? That, seriously, I don't see a reason. It's like, Multi-platform games run better on 360. It's just because it's so much more time consumption to make it run as well on the three and the PS3 to the 360. Since the PS3 is going to sell less than 360, almost guaranteed, they don't have to do anything but make the game acceptable for most people. Because most people aren't going to notice the differences that you know hardcore gamers are going to notice of. Like frame rates and stuff. You know, parallel this yeah. kind of draws from next generation. The Xbox and the GameCube. Like, the 360 is like the Xbox, and the PS3 is like the GameCube. When they did multi. And the Wii is the PS2. <laughs> kind of. Without the good games. But it's one, it's one of those things. It's like when they made a multi platform game, the PlayStation 2 and the Xbox got a really good port of it. Then they basically took the GameCube version, took a lot of features out, removed online, of course, since Nintendo didn't care at that point. And, uh, yeah, the yeah. GameCube version, except for a sl- slightly better graphics than the PS2, the GameCube version was always inferior, unless it was a game made for the GameCube. Yep. Like, but, although Resident Evil 4 was the superior, is the second best version Exactly. Resident Evil 4. You didn't hear what I said. Unless it was a game oh, that was yeah, made, for, made the made for the GameCube, which is what Resident Evil yeah. 4 was. If it's a game that was actually developed on the Dolphin development hardware, then yes, it's going to be a great game. But if it was a game developed on some other hardware, like if it was a game made for PS2 or a game made for Xbox, and they later just like kind of th- casually threw it on the GameCube, it sucked hard. Yeah, it would be awful. And yes, Char- Charlie's Angels notwithstanding, that was developed for the GameCube, but it sucked all ass. <laughs> it sucked all ass awesome. The game was awesome. 
I, that was my game of the year, 2004. I have a burned copy of that. One of these days, I'm going to throw it in the old cube and like make a video of it so you can no. see, so we can show you need true to burn. You need to burn that burned copy of it. That burned copy's already burned. <laughs> I just had to say that. You, you need me. to put like a demon seal charm on it so like your house doesn't get plagued by the devil for having that game in your house. Because that I played that game. And I think I lost part of my life. Like I, I think I like after I felt playing that, I felt like I was five years older. Like this five years of my life, I was just not going to get back. Huh. And and this is coming from a man who has beaten half of Drake of the Ninety Nine Dragons. Nothing can stop me. <laughs> Seriously, Drake of the Ninety Nine Dragons. Like that game is. There's like parts of that game where they're like. We're just going to make this entire level uniform because it takes less coding. Don't ask me but why, but I really want to get we, that game for some reason. We don't, you know, but, you know, these doors right here, we don't want you to go this way, so we're just going to put a brick wall when you open this door. You know what game I'd actually won on an auction recently? I haven't received it yet, but you ever hear... Wait, wait. We'll go, tell you me. ever hear of Die Hard Vendetta? Yep. Did you know that it was released on the Xbox only in Europe? Hmm, no. That's the version that I have coming to me. I bought it from some European guy. It ended up costing me about, like, $10 with shipping and everything, you know, in American dollars. Mm -hmm. And you know me. If I'm going to get a multi-platform game from last generation, I'll get it on the Xbox, because, simply enough, it looks better. Plus, my Xbox is modded, and I could even play MAME on there if I wanted to. But, uh, yeah, I'll be waiting for that to come in. And, of course, I'm also waiting for a copy of... uh, the PC game, the Die Hard Nakitomi Plaza, to come in. I need um, I need a copy of that Xbox Shin, Shin Megami Tensei game they made. Shin Megami Tensei Nine. Nine, yeah. Nine, just like this podcast. Nine. Nine! Yep, just like I think we need to start doing some housekeeping on this podcast. Yeah, this podcast is like getting too long. I doubt there's going to be yeah. anybody who will listen to the whole thing. They're going to be like. Wow, those guys were just babbling all that shit for all this time. Exactly. And, I, and I've, like, said, I've like cursed more this podcast than any other. That's probably just because I'm like tired as hell. <laughs> you ever notice that when you get tired, you kind of like get all rowdy and cursing and stuff? Yeah. It's like I'll be playing yeah. like a fighting game and I'll keep getting beaten because I'm so tired. I'll be like, oh fuck this game, and I'll throw the controller yeah. across the room and it'll break. And yeah, I'll that's kind of how I was like three it. o'clock in the morning when I was playing Tetsuko and I couldn't beat that stupid third boss thing I was just you like, just wanted to take your Wii and game. flush it down the toilet Fuck and you. then it would go down the toilet because it's like piss and you know Wii piss you know yeah <laughs> I just wish mine was yellow I really want to spray paint mine yellow as I said you know how they have that color liquid yellow for cars that's what color I yep. want a Wii liquid yellow <laughs> alright and on that cue I think it's time that we did the end outro music well that we don't have that I need to make. Well, but we don't have I'll it. have some sort of funky outro music that I'll add on when I'm done with this. But uh, now, my YouTube channel, like you might have heard this, like a few podcasts ago, I was probably like, "Oh yes, I have 30 subscribers." But now we're over 120 strong, which is kind of cool. I never thought I'd have a, over 100 people who actually have subscribed to my video. Every once in a while, I'll post a new meme review. In fact. Probably by the time you hear this, the King of Fighters 98 main review will be up. I've been having trouble getting that online because it keeps on saying that it failed to upload. I don't know why. Probably too many, uh, what do you call them? Too much awesome. 
too much awesome, too much 95. No. Nope. You need to use Windows. You need to use Windows 95 to upload it. It's actually 98. Did I say 95? You said 95. Okay, King of Fighters 98 cuz I was requested by a user. I've I have such a freaking backlog of requests. I have this whole uh this whole document called Meme Queue, which yeah. is actually just the queue of all the requests. I just keep stacking them on, one on top of each other until I'm done, but yeah. I have quite a, a uh, backlog of meme re- meme reviews that it's not funny, but here's my here's my meme request. What is your meme request? Beat, Let's make this live. Beat smash beat Smash TV without dying. But that's that's not a request. I only take do basically it. what I do is I would do what, what are called my meme reviews. You probably have seen maybe even one of them. I doubt it though. You probably don't. Yeah, I've watched I watched a couple of them. But basically, my meme reviews are just. Uh, like a quick like five ten minutes of gameplay with me giving like various comments and I'll give like factual information like what consoles those ported to and stuff. And some of these actually get quite popular. Although one of the most common complaints I get when I'm doing a fighting game one is people will be like, "You didn't do the secret secret stealth parry move for this character." And I'm thinking, well, I always tell people, most of the games I have requested, if it's not a game that I was a real fan of. I've played for about 10 minutes before doing this review, so it's not like I'm really <laughs> hardcore into them. Like, I'm not going to play a game for, like, 8 hours and then be like, okay, now, in order to pull off this secret stealth move where Ryu takes his hand up his ass and then kicks you with his foot, you have to do this. I'm not going to really get that much into it, because that's the simple fact. It's a quick review. I play the game for a little while, and I'll tell you what I think of it. You ever, you ever see that where you'll put a playthrough of, like, a fighting game and people will tell you that you didn't do the fighting right. <laughs> I always get told I don't do the fighting right, no matter what I do. Yeah, like on a, on one of my Dead or Alive videos, somebody was like, you're not too good with Kasuma now Ayane. You didn't do this move. And I'm thinking, doing that move makes me good? How? And yeah... It, you didn't do back kick. Back kick. You suck. The biggest thing with that video is trying to cram uh, a whole tag team mode pulling out load times and everything into 10 minutes. It's almost impossible in Dead or Alive. And I basically just did moves that I could do that would do a lot of damage so I can kill people quick. Yeah. But enough of my ranting on uh, people who complain about my videos because really there aren't all that many. And uh, yeah, I, I love my subscribers. The people who actually messaged me about videos, those people are great. Like Another one I got today was... I love it on YouTube when you get tips from people that you would have never known. Like, you know Maniac Mansion, I posted a whole playthrough of that. That was actually my first real uh, video that I actually did the commentary for. Mm-hmm. You, ever, you played the NES version, right? Yes. I found out recently, you know that plant in the room on the end of the hall upstairs? The one that you could actually give uh, some radioactive water it grows and then you can climb up and go into the room that's next to Edna's room, I think it is? Yeah. You can, at the end of the game, you can actually take the meteor, run all the way across the house. If you can make it, you can feed the meteor to that plant. I never knew that. Huh. That's the cool, that's one of the coolest tips I've gotten so far, and I'm thinking, oh my god, I have to try that. Next time I'm playing that game, I will beat the game by feeding the meteor to the plant. I just want to do it. I'll probably capture it and even have this whole video and put, this video is dedicated to well, whoever actually told me the message. Sorry I don't remember your name now, but I don't want to pull up YouTube right now just so I can say, tell people <laughs> who did it. But yeah, if you go on part four of that video, you'll sure enough see the thing, and even me me asking, how else can you beat it except for like launching him in the car and uh, calling the meteor police? But yeah, 
enough of my uh, YouTube ranting. You people have been great to me. Of course, a lot of people listening to this right now are probably YouTube subscribers since I posted a little promo. I even put a couple of uh, strimpants of what you're hearing right now in there, just kind of in a mix, just so people are going to hear. Probably gonna, it's probably going to be like me cursing about Fable 2 or something. <laughs> but I'm going to put this... Uh, the podcast is finally back video. It'll probably be up tomorrow when this actually hits the air. Of course, people... I need to... All you need to do is put that video of uh, cooking by the book, <laughs> and then and then just put like randomly flash, like it's subliminal advertising. Just flash the podcast back. Listen now, <laughs> like every every two seconds. Oh, uh, you you had to mention the cooking by the book, so I got I'm gonna have to put this in the thing. But if anybody ever heard of Lazy Town, we're almost two hours now. But if anybody's ever heard of Lazy Town, there's this. this uh, it's a it's a uh, European children's show, I think, and um, what do you call it? It has all these catchy songs, like that "You Are a Pirate" one, which actually someone made a remix video for to promote piracy. And then it has this "Cooking by the Book," where she's telling you how to cook a cake, and they're singing about all kinds of crap. But somebody took this insanely angry rap music and intermixed it with "Cooking by the Book," so he's like, he's like. Take this dick, bitch! Grab this dick and everything. It's like, oh my god! It's just like the most clashing thing in the world, but it's funny because of it. And like, you hear the rapper in the back when she sings, "Go, yeah!" <laughs> I gotta watch. You know, I'm gonna watch that like eight times while this is encoding. But yeah, yeah. I'll link. Yeah. The, I'll link that when I post this video. On this. Listen to me. I'm so tired. I'm calling this a video. But when I link this <laughs> podcast online. And yeah, we're going to try to do this podcast a little more regularly. I'm thinking we're going to be aiming for maybe at least once a month. And hopefully. And perhaps future podcasts won't be two hours and we'll be a little bit more um, targeted. Focus. And, and, ooh, I just hit my microphone. Did you hear that? Yeah. But uh, they'll be a little bit more focused and a little bit more on topic and stuff. And we'll actually have departments and stuff to talk about. Like... One of these days, we're definitely gonna have to do our video game movies one. We're gonna oh, God, we're gonna have yes. like a series of at least like three or five movies that both of us are gonna watch and then talk about. Like one of the ones I definitely want to do for that is Silent Hill because I've never seen that movie. But really, I've seen that. That's a good movie. It, it, well, like I I liked it because it's kind of faithful to the to the games a lot more than most video game movies are. Okay, well enough of that for now. Any <laughs> any random plugs you want to throw out? No plugs. No plugs at all? No plugs. Well, I'm just going to say, you should be waiting for my YouTube channels, because my YouTube channels are going to become full of games and stuff, because it's going to be full of capture card stuff when I actually buy it, because I'm not when I get the capture cards. Although I also told you, if you want to do stuff with like emulated games, you can use HyperCam 2, which is what I use. See, yeah. li- listen, people. I get this asked this a lot. People are like, what do you capture that game with? It's so awesome. I use HyperCam 2, fully registered version of HyperCam 2, because instead of having to capture it with my capture card, if I'm running the game on my computer, I just capture it with that. But the only thing I'll actually capture without with the capture card is something that's running on a game system. For instance, like if I'm running a PlayStation version of game, I'll occasionally do that. Like For instance, on my... Uh, on my Street Fighter review, somebody requested the original Street Fighter. I did a uh, quick play review of uh, Fighting Fighting Street for the PC Engine, which of course is Street Fighter 
the only actual home console release. There were a couple computer releases, but I actually used my capture card for that because that's the only way I could get that. And really, if I own a game or I own a system where I can at least burn the game for it, I'll run it on the real system because some emulators just kind of make the games look better or different than they would, and I just like keeping it as original as I can, you know what I mean? Yep. Well, yep, yep. well, enough of my ranting. You want no plugs. I'm done my plugs. Thank you, YouTube subscribers. Thanks for the support you people have given me, and I'm happy to hear your review, your requests. While we're here, is there any main game that Inufei wants to request me do? I want you to do Terminator 2 Arcade. Okay, that w- that is our live request here, so I will be doing Terminator 2 Arcade one of these days, when I eventually get to it, because as I said, I have, I have a huge backlog, but this has been another Game Nexus podcast, and we just, like, passed the two-hour mark. I think we did, yeah, we just passed the two-hour mark, although, didn't we talk a little bit before we started this? Yeah, I think so. So, it's probably going to be just under two hours, but I'm Game so Master 14, explode. and... I'm Inufei, and your head is just exploded. See you later.